This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you happen to be on this lovely, at least here in L.A., lovely Sunday morning. Blue sky, sun is shining. Uh, yeah, it's nice. I mean, this is no, not even sweater weather, so we're pretty good. But I hear other parts of the country aren't so lucky, so uh, sorry to hear that. Anyway, I'm not really. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. I just got back from Park City, Utah. I was uh, snowboarding uh, last week. It was amazing. The conditions were great. And uh, so I don't, I don't hate the snow. I just, you know, I like to have the choice. So anyway, we're here to talk about pets. Let's talk pets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. Uh, a couple of ways to get a hold of me. And uh, easy way is 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. Better is to join us here live on Zoom. Uh, you go on to PetLifeRadio.com, click on Shows, scroll down to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, click on that, and then you will have a Zoom link left for you there. And uh, you can just click on it and join us live. And that's kind of what we want. Very much like you should be doing your, your telemedicine uh, nowadays. And that's and I argue with uh, vets all the time when they're doing curbside and, and you're sitting in a car all by yourself wondering what the heck is going on inside with my dog. Well, you should be on live phone and you can see video chat and you're talking to the doc while he or she is examining your pet. And it's a much better way to go. And you're actually interacting as if you're in the room itself. So so this is good practice for you. So uh, join us here live and have your pets with you on your lap, whatever, and we can uh, talk pets. That's why we're here. So anyway, as you know, I like to um, peruse the news unless there is something you want to talk to me about specifically, in which case you have to join us at 877-385-8882 or join us here live using the Zoom link and we can talk to you. Anyway, some stories that I thought were very interesting. One is it was a badly burned dog in Louisiana, burned over 70% of her body. Basically, she was in a kennel and inside the kennel was hay. The hay caught fire and burned this poor dog. And um, so what's interesting is they treated a couple of ways that they're doing now with human burn victims. One is in a hyperbaric oxygen chamber, which apparently shows a lot of promise, but this was really cool. Uh, they want to regenerate the skin cells, obviously. So what they do is they take a patch of healthy skin that has normal skin cells, and they can formulate this into a spray. And then they spray the dog with their own cells from the normal, from the 30% that was not burned. Um, that along with the hyperbaric oxygen, that dog regenerates its own skin. I think that's so cool. So um, more coming from this is um, something that they do in the human side. There's more and more and more experimenting with it. But the fact that you can take skin cells and formulate them into a spray that you can, it's like spray on tan. I mean, but how great is that to be able to re regenerate healthy cells? So I thought that was a great story. This is also interesting. To, the next story is something that, you know, we talk about a lot, the benefit of pets around families, especially with kids. And, uh, you know, there's so many statistics in that support the benefits of pet parenting and pet ownership and sharing your house with pets. Kids do better on their test scores. They say they score five points higher on their IQ tests. Their tests are better. I always say, you know, get the terrier instead of the tutor. If you have kids that are high anxiety, it's kind of better, the, the poodle better than the Prozac. I mean, so all these things that seem to, to help a lot. Well, 
Dogs think their behavior with that of children, and they can form strong bonds that can help kids in social development, anxiety management, physical activity. And though dogs typically, when it comes to, to training, dogs seem to, to be more socially compatible. They see kids as their social companions, but kids can still train dogs. So they understand, though they look at them almost as equals and friends and buddies, they are also, because they think with their own, with the kid's behavior, but they understand, I guess, that they, they are, I wouldn't say subservient, but, but they can learn from the kids as well. So um, obviously they do learning better from adults, but because they see the kids as more equal, but I think it's really fascinating. This was also uh, interesting that uh, when you think of this one, it's kind of sad in a way. So, you know, dogs are trained to do many, many things and, and they love what they do. You get a working dog, whatever the case may be, whether it's a herding dog, whether it's, you know, protection, whether it's, you know, police, whether it's bomb sniff, whatever it is, these dogs love to, when given the opportunity, they will do it without you having to tell them to do it. It's, it's amazing. You know, you kind of wish your kids were that way with their homework. That you just, you know, they're going to do it no matter what, whether you're going to tell them or not. They don't care. They just love doing it. Unfortunately, with kids doing homework, that's not the case. But with dogs, it is the case. So now that many states are decriminalizing marijuana. So when these dogs are at airports and they're trained to detect drugs, including marijuana, now they're doing too well. So even though it's legal now, these dogs are identifying people that have marijuana in their bags or whatever. And it's, it's legal now in Arizona and states that have it. So you can't untrain a dog. Once a dog is trained for scent work, scent detection, you can't tell them, okay, you can detect everything else, but no marijuana now. You can't do that. So now that they're trained, and that is one of the scents that they pick up and trained to identify, uh, they can't use them anymore. So for that, so I mean, they're repurposing them or they're putting, for example, at prisons, you're st still marijuana is illegal. You know, you get these people that come visit and they somehow slip it. So you're still using the marijuana dogs for that. So they still have a job if they work in a prison or if a dog is retired from a prison, now we know where they can get a dog from. You can get a dog from the airport, but they are either retiring these dogs or retraining them. They're staying with their handlers if they're being retired and if they're being repurposed for another area, other areas where the scent of marijuana is still something that needs to be detected, then they are put over there. But it'd be very interesting to untrain a dog. You can't untrain them. And um, so uh, unfortunately, the, when you get too good at what you do and they don't need you, it's like, you know, it's like that senior executive who gets fired from the board because they're too expensive. They're not going to go down. They're not going to start. Oh, I'll do it for a lot less. So anyway, salmonella. We talk about this. We've heard it. We've seen it. And um, it does affect people. And here's a story. And I'm sure you've heard this before about little shoebox turtles, right? Those little Tina Slider turtles. Well, they carry salmonella. And in Pennsylvania, there's been a salmonella outbreak from pet turtles. In fact, an adult person, a human adult, has already died from the infection. And we see this, and they see it in amphibians and reptiles. They do secrete it in their feces. And um, so, therefore, they're easily contaminating other surfaces, whether it's going to be objects or surfaces. So, one of the concerns is that any surface that is used for food prep is at risk. So, if you are not very careful, where and how you clean your turtles, how you clean your hands after. We're getting really good at washing our hands now when you think about it because of COVID. So you want to desanitize your hands every time you are touching or playing with a turtle or any reptile or amphibian that we know that can shed salmonella. And um, 
at, you know, at best you can, if you can sort of minimize the close contact, that would be wise. In certain states, like here in California, those little sliders are outlawed because of that. There's a risk of salmonella. Um, they don't sell them anymore at pet stores. And um, keep that in mind. If you have turtles or your kids want turtles or you know somebody that has turtles, you might want to give them that fair warning that there are potential dangers when it comes to salmonella and these little uh, slider turtles. There's another story about household poisons, but I was going to talk about that at the at last second half of the show already because there's so much that we need to know about that. In fact, I'm writing an hour, I'm in the midst of writing an article for Phi, which is a company that I consult with. I'm their veterinarian on what, and maybe we'll talk about this one week. What is in your medicine cabinet that is okay for your pets? Um, and more importantly, what is not okay for pets? Okay, this is interesting also. Talking about things in your house, supplements and uh, whatever. This comes from Dr. Tony Buffington. Tony was doing his residency in nutrition at UC Davis when I was in school. Um, he is one of the leaders, one of the top, top, tops in this arena. He actually uh, left for a while to go to the Ohio State University. Now he's back at UC Davis and he is one of the go-to um, experts in this field. So here's his quote. Pets fed a complete, well-balanced, digestible, palatable, and safe diet do not need additional supplements for immunity. There is no evidence that any supplement can protect pets, enhance their immunity, and protect them from COVID. And this is where the study came from. People, apparently there was a, a from, I don't know, whatever of all money spent on pets, 5% a couple of years ago was on supplements. Now it's up to 23% supplements. Why? Because people think that if I give my dog supplements, then I'm going to build up their immunity for to protect them against COVID. Same thing with cats. And guess what? That's not going to help. So don't even think about it. I mean, look, I'm not, I, you, as you know, I, if you may not know, I'm going to tell you now, I am a believer in supplements. I take supplements for myself and I do believe that there are benefits. Do I think the benefit is going to be to build up my immunity against COVID? No, that's not one of the benefits. I'm doing antioxidants. I, I it was just CoQ10. I take glucosamine for joints. You get older, you want, you want some joint help. It keeps me moving. It allows me to snowboard. So there's stuff that I do. I take extra vitamin C. I take a multi. You know, my feeling is that if a little is good, maybe a little bit more is better. A lot may not be so good. As you know, there are many vitamins, the A, D, and K, which are the fat side of vitamins that can cause toxicity by taking too many. It's a tightrope. It's a walk. It's a balance that you have to meet. But I do believe there's some advantages. But I'm not going to kid myself in thinking that it is because I took the supplements that I have protection against COVID. I will believe that the vaccines I got are going to help protect me against COVID. So be aware that there are reasons to speak to your veterinarian. Um, I do think there are certain instances where certain supplements can be beneficial. I think probiotics when it comes to GI health can be beneficial. I, as I said, I think glucosamine and chondroitin can be beneficial when it comes to joint health. But as far as the immune system, just staying healthy, eating well, eating well balanced, that's going to help. Now, here's another one. And I, I like this, you know, we're seeing now that dogs or pets in general are becoming really mainstream. They're part of the family. And, you know, people are responsible for their children and they can be arrested for child abuse. Well, apparently Florida thinks that there may be some degree of pet abuse that owners should be responsible for. Here's this one. Considering a bill that would limit the amount of times, uh, amount of time during the day that a dog could be left unattended and tethered, meaning tied up on a long rope or something. Violators could be fined for the first offense, $250, for uh, subsequent offenses up to $500. Now, they can't take the dog away from them. It's not that drastic yet. But the fact that they're even paying attention 
and neighbors complain. You know, you see it all the time. There's a dog in a backyard tied up to a darn tether all day long in the sun with no ability to find shade. I mean, that's cruel. That's just not right. So if they're attended and you can see you're right there, that's different. But if you're tying your dog up in the backyard, then you're going to work all day. That's not going to be, at least in Florida, that is uh, not going to be okay. So uh, I think that's a good one. Back to Arizona and marijuana legalization. So we already learned that in Arizona, because of marijuana decriminalization, what's happening? The dogs at the airports that are trained to send marijuana, they can't be used anymore because they're still picking it up, obviously, but it's okay. And uh, so they're stopping all these people and it takes time and it's, it's not good. However, what they are seeing in Arizona because of it, and we've talked about this where it's been legalized and decriminalized in other states, an increase in toxicity cases going to emergency centers. Why? Because there are a lot of pet parents out there. I wouldn't even say pet parents. I'm, gonna say, I'm not going to blame the parents on this one. I'm going to blame the other kids in the household on this one that think it's cool and it's fun to get your dog high. Or the dogs are just smarter than we are, and they're getting a hold of those edibles that you thought you had locked up in a childproof cabinet and the dog finds them. Why? Because their nose is unbelievable. And they didn't eat a brownie. When they found them, they ate the whole plate of brownies or those candies or the gummies. So how do I know so much about this? Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. So uh, the, the problem is, is that they are showing up at the emergency centers and some badly enough, almost at a state of being comatose that need to be on, on breathing assistance. And look, they've survived, which is good. I think the only deaths have to do with pot butter that I'm not familiar with. I don't know anything about pot butter, but apparently it's the most concentrated form of marijuana of the THC, and that is highly toxic to dogs. So you got to be really careful. And lastly, before we break, a cute little story, a dog born in Oklahoma City with six legs and two tails and two anuses. So apparently, and also a spina bifida, which is a splitting, but it was probably puppies that were supposed to be separate, but not completely like Siamese. And so the front part is one dog, but the back part is two. It splits off. And so you have four back legs, two tails, two butts, and they believe two urinary tracts, two reproductive tracts. And it's like everyone's shooting for it because the spina bifida, that might affect the dog's life. But right now it's a, it's a little teeny puppy. It's, it's really cute. I saw the video and who knows how it's going to develop, how much strength, how usable the legs are going to be. But it's almost like a truck now. You have all those big four tires in the back and only the two up front. So we'll have to see how this thing goes. Anyway, don't go away. When we come back, we're going to talk about things um, around the house and some of the things that you need to be aware of that are sitting under your cabinets that we call them the household poisons. So uh, we'll talk about that when we come back after these short words. Pets are part of the family. Make sure you can always afford the quality health care they need with Easy Pet Check, a nationwide pet insurance alternative. With Easy Pet Check, you'll save up to 75% on all your pet's health care at any licensed veterinarian in the U.S. Easy Pet Check accepts all dogs and cats regardless of pre-existing conditions. Visit EasyPetCheck.com. That's the letters EasyPetCheck.com. Taking care of your pet can be easy with Easy Pet Check. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There's no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Radio.com, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. 
For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here, your host on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And I hope you uh, had a good week. Anyway, so back, I mentioned we, there's some things around the house. I get these questions all the time about what oh, do we have around our house that could be really, really bad for our pets. So I was thinking about talking about this anyway, and all of a sudden, one of the news briefs was talking about this. So I thought it was meant to be. So we're going to share it. So some of the things that, and these aren't the common, this is not like, you know, you're feeding your dog acid or bleach that you know are toxic. And if you don't, I'm telling you now, very, like deadly, but things that like that you wouldn't think about. And um, we've talked about some of these before. For example, fruit pits and some of the seeds, but pits especially, you know, they get into that. You want to give them a little bit of your nectarine. That's fine. Fruit's good. But pits from peaches and from nectarines, basically, depending on the size of the dog, of course, they swallow those whole. They're going to lodge. Depending on the size of the dog, as I mentioned, but there are certain areas of the intestinal tract that are really tough. First of all, the pylorus. The pylorus is the emptying from the stomach into the duodenum, which is the small intestine. And it's kind of a narrow muscular ring. And that is an area where something gets stuck. If it gets through there, it's coursing through, all right, the intestine, the first, the jejunum, which is the first part. You got the duodenum, the jejunum, the ileum, and then you go through the ileocecocolic junction as it's going into this very short uh, cecum, which is more like an appendage, and then into the colon. It's sort of like a maze. It's really tough to get through, and it's very narrow. So that's where things often get really stuck. Another one that you wouldn't think of because the vegetable itself is fine for dogs. It's in almost every, well, not every, but in many, many dog foods, corn. And dogs like corn and corn has protein. Corn is good, except the cob is potentially deadly. Again, that thing's rock solid. Dogs get into garbage. They like it. They try to eat it. They swallow, especially when you cut the corn cob, you know, they'll get the whole when you cut it in halves or in quarters or thirds. That chunk, that is going to get lodged somewhere in the intestinal tract. It is not digestible. So what's going to happen is they are, they can't break it down. Dogs don't have cellulase. They can't break that stuff down. It sits there, it's starting to course through, and it is going to lodge. And it's interesting, when you see an x-ray with it, you can actually see the corn cob stuck. And that is 100% surgery. And if you don't get to it soon enough, it's going to cause a, a, a tear in the intestine. All right. And um, that is going to be, I mean, it's really, really serious. So artificial sweeteners, xylitol, xylitol, very, very dangerous for our pets. You see it in sugarless candies and sugarless gums. It's an artificial sweetener. You even see it in sugar-free peanut butter. And how many of you, I know I do, dogs like peanut butter. If nothing else, it makes great video to watch a dog try to eat the peanut butter. You know, I'm sure they've used it for training to get dogs to look like they're talking. But bottom line is sugar-free peanut butter is sweetened with xylitol. So um, again, that is dangerous. You want to look at ingredients. Anytime you see anything sugar-free, sugarless, you better check it out. If they use an artificial sweetener, I would be very careful. Antifreeze. Antifreeze, believe it or not, I'm not recommending you go out and taste it to prove my theory, but antifreeze tastes good. It is sweet. It is an ethylene glycol derivative. And dogs, when you see it dripping from a radiator, 
on the driveway and there's a little puddle there, dogs will lap it up. That is also very, very toxic for dogs. I want to be very careful. In fact, there was a a young girl, preteen even, and she, her dog died from licking antifreeze. And she started a campaign that actually was very successful, forcing companies that make antifreeze to put some sort of bitters inside the preparation so dogs won't like it. They won't eat it. And um, it worked. A lot of the companies have it, but it, unfortunately, not all of them do. Or a lot of times people have old antifreeze sitting around there for years that they only use during season. So they may use an old one. Whatever the case may be, understand that it is highly toxic to dogs. Lilies, beautiful flowers. Many plants and flowers could be toxic. Um, there's a long list. You want to go online to check it out. If you have pets in the household, especially cats, cats also love to eat this stuff. Even not just the lily, the water. That if you have them in a vase, in a shallow vase, and you pour it in the water, that water that accumulates at the bottom, that is equally as toxic. So if you have pets in the household, be very, very cautious when it comes to any kind of plants. Go online, do your homework. First, make sure that the plant you're thinking of buying, regardless of how pretty it is, is not toxic to your pets. Heart drugs. Many people take certain heart drugs, the cardiac, the glycosides. Oleander, for example, is a derivative. Some of the medicines we use, like the heart medications that we use, are coming from plants, just like penicillin drug comes from a plant. Penicillium comes from a fungus. So some of these things, the cardiac glycosides are like digitoxin is one of the key ones. These can be very toxic to dogs that don't have heart problems. So you want to be very careful. Any drugs that you take, it's very important to hide. Another medication that we often take, I'm going to write about this, is that many people take acetaminophen, trade name Tylenol. It's universal. Tylenol, acetaminophen is like tissue and Kleenex. They're used interchangeably now. And that is toxic. Well, it will kill a cat. Hands down, will kill a cat. You got to be very, very careful. Dogs, it may not kill them, but it's dangerous. So you need to be very, very careful when it comes to your medications. Though there are some OTC medications that we do and can use for our dogs or our cats, their dosing is very different. And not always thinking, well, God, this poor little dog, you know, can't have what the human version and then take a drug. There's a medication, it's kind of an antihistamine called Atarax, okay? We take 10 milligrams. A dog's dose, if you're going to use it, is a milligram per pound. That means a 50-pound dog would take 50 milligrams. Now, I tell you, if you took 50 milligrams of Atarax, you will still be sleeping not only next week, but the week after that when you, you wouldn't be able to join me on my show. It will knock you out. Yet other medications like over-the-counter aspirin, dogs are much more sensitive. Cats, we recommend unless it's a real emergency, a real pinch, if you were to use aspirin in a cat, it would be basically a quarter of an aspirin, which is like a half of a baby aspirin. Well, no, it's like an eighth of a baby aspirin is half of an adult. And you would use a half of a baby or a quarter of a baby like once every three days. That's how sensitive they are. So we recommend, therefore, don't even do it at all. Any kind of cleaning solvents, you know, under your sinks or in the bathroom or the garage, you have all those solvents for cleaning this and that and, and the lime oil, all that stuff is very toxic. Our pets got to be careful. We talked about acetaminophen, pest poisons, um, things that you would use for ant sprays and cockroach sprays and mice. These things are very, very, very toxic. The warfarin, dicumarin, all of those can cause bleeding disorders in your pets. So again, uh, you need to be very, very careful. And what to look for if you see, well, obviously vomiting and diarrhea, 
bright green feces. That's not a good one. Swellings, loss of appetite, lethargy, obviously worse, collapsing. These are all things that you'd want to watch out for. So if you have any questions about this, please reach out to me, reach out to your veterinarian. You can reach me here at Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. If you have a real problem and you want to join me real time, you can go to AirVet, download AirVet. Pretty soon we're going to actually have a web app as well. But right now you go to AirVet from the App Store or for Google Play and you want to download AirVet and uh, you can talk to me or a veterinarian basically on real virtually on uh, video chat 24-7. Anyway, thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio. And uh, we will be back here next week. If there's any particular topic that you want to hear about, you want to learn more about, your pet is having an issue, your doctor gave a diagnosis about something, and you just, so many times I get these questions, they know the diagnosis, but it was never really explained. What is going on? What is happening? How are we treating? Why are we treating? What are alternatives do we have? I know you, you're loaded with those questions. That's what Pet Life Radio is here all about. And Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff will help you through it. So um, let me know if you have any of those burning questions. Otherwise, we will see you here next week. Same bat time, same bat channel here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. Have a great week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.